It's Wednesday, September 9th. It's Joy Exposed. Um, we'll start with three cheers of joy. And just in case you don't remember, three cheers of joy, three moments of self-celebration have nothing to do with anyone else but you. And um, I'll start with that. We have a great night ahead of us. I've been thinking about it for most of the day, trying to figure out how to do and what to do and what to say. And so now it's time. All right, so first off, for three cheers of joy, brought to you tonight by 19 Crimes. Um, it is a Renee, of course. And I want the bottle that has Snoop Dogg on it, but I haven't found it yet. So I'm gonna have to look for that. This is pretty decent. I've had it before. Um, so I've got it for tonight. So we got three cheers of joy. Hey there, Clarissa. Pour it up. I always like the way it sounds when you pour some wine. <laughs> All right, so my first cheer of joy, and this is really a selfish moment of celebration because this morning I got dressed to go to work and um, I've been off for like a week because I got so sick last week, but I'll talk about that in a minute. I got dressed to go to work and I have these mustard kind of mustard colored um, pixie pants that come above the ankle and I've worn them before, but I haven't worn them in a long time. So I put them on this morning and as I was putting them on, I thought, damn, I got on the wrong panties. I needed to change panties, but I really didn't care that much because I just didn't feel like it. So I had got dressed, put my pants on. This was the first morning that I was the first time I wore these pants and I couldn't see my fat pocket sticking out in the front. And if you don't have a fat pocket, some people call it a fupa or uh, what is it? fat above the coochie area or fat above the puss area. But anyway, I call it a fat pocket. It's the little fat pocket that's right, right at the bottom of your stomach and right above your thighs. Anyway, so I got dressed, I put my pants on and I looked in the mirror and I couldn't see my fat pocket. I was so freaking happy that I was like, oh my God, I've lost some weight in my fat pocket. <laughs> So that's my first cheer of joy is no fat pocket in the mustard pixie pants. So cheers to that. Mm. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Varisa. So I was really pleased about that. So my first cheer of joy. Um, my second cheer of joy probably happened a couple weeks ago. I thought about it today. So you guys know that um, I'm in a relationship, but you guys also know that I'm a very free spirit and I always have been, and I don't really like to wear bras. Not that I don't, I don't, don't not wear them intentionally. I just don't wear them. Just don't think about it, whatever. So I got dressed um, the other week to go up to my mom's. Uh, no, it wasn't even going to my mom's. It was when I was going to see um, Faceless Love for my birthday. And I actually got dressed undressed, put on a bra, and dressed again, just because he's had some uncomfortable feelings with the fact that I go around braless. So I was like, okay, well, okay, all right, it's okay. So I did wear a bra just for faceless love, and I didn't even think he noticed. <laughs> I had to say like, look, you notice anything? And he was like, what? You got on a new dress? I was like, no, I got on a bra. So cheers to wearing a bra. Not even to that, cheers to being aware of somebody else in your space to wear a bra. So cheers, I'm celebrating that for myself because I'm pretty selfish. My third cheer of joy, 
Aline. The first one was I didn't have a fat pocket in my mustard colored pixie pants. The second one is that I wore a bra, half bra with my sundress instead of walking around with my headlights blazing. Um, my third cheer of joy is I made it to work today. So I'm really pleased I made it to work today. I've been sick since last, last Wednesday. I got off of Joy Exposed, went to bed, woke up Thursday, had a crazy metallic taste in my throat, chest hurting, and I just knew I had COVID. So I made it to work today. I'm really pleased. Even as recent as last night, I was feeling so bad in my um, lymph nodes right in here and also in my head. It was just like this congested, aching, throbbing feeling. And I didn't know if I was gonna make it to work today, but I did. So cheers to making it to work today. And I know when we get off of this, I'm going back to bed. But I made it. So three cheers of joy tonight, brought to you by 19 Crimes Cabernet. Um, it's a little drier than the, my usual cabs, but it is a, it's still a really good cab. And if anybody sees this with the Snoop Dogg on the front, he has is a red too. I think it might be a Cali red. If you see the one with Snoop on it, grab me a bottle. I'll just hold it for me. I'll definitely pay you for it, but I want that bottle. So with Snoop Dogg, love him. And those are my three cheers of joy. I hope you have something yummy you're celebrating tonight. I hope you have something yummy that you're drinking tonight. And thank you guys for joining me on Wednesday, September 9th for Joy Exposed. All right, so let's go. Um, let me tell you guys about I was sick first before I get into the Facebook post of the week. Facebook post of the week is brought to you by um, stmspecialties.com. And I'm going to tell you guys, I got so sick last week, like, Oh my God, I I knew I had COVID. Like I was convinced I had COVID. I went to have a COVID test and I was sitting there thinking, I'm gonna have COVID. And they put this thing almost like a Q-tip up your nose for the rapid one. And then they put one even further for the one that takes 48 hours. And I just sat there thinking like, what the heck? Now I would have been fine with the rapid one uh, I would have been fine with the rapid one, but he said sometimes the rapid one comes back negative and the other one comes back positive because one just tests for SARS and the other one tests specifically for the COVID-19. So once I got the negative, I was fine, but then I had to take another one. And then I, of course that had me worried and I was told not to go to work, not to go around people, stay in isolation because you don't know. So I came home Thursday from the doctor, got into bed, stayed in the bed. And got worse as the day went on i got worse like thursday was horrible i don't even remember friday i actually thought saturday was friday so it was bad i got really sick i was trying to think of where my money was and my insurance papers and i was literally sitting up thinking about is this what it feels like when you're planning to die when you know you're gonna die you start getting your stuff in order and that's how i felt i felt i was bad off and i literally spent the weekend in bed and having conversations over and over and it was crazy my ex-husband started doing some wanky stuff fussing with the kids and stuff and I, i'm i thought about that today and i was so grateful that i was ill because i didn't have the energy to get caught up in his crap and this that's a that's a thing for me my ex-husband and we were together for a long time and there's a lot of emotional trauma, codependency, you know, and it takes a lot to unravel from that trauma in your life. And here we've been divorced 
14, 15 years and still he knows how to. And I still want to keep him calm because I don't want it to affect the children. Like these are things that you kind of develop in those marriages that you've been in and relationships you've been in for so long that you're trying to figure out how to minimize the damage. Well, I couldn't, I was sick. I know Joyce went to the rescue. All I had to do was just lay there and sleep and the kids handled their own damage. And I was really pleased with them and they're very strong and they're not afraid and they're not, they're not timid and they're not, they're like Joycelyn today, not Joycelyn 20 years ago. And I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased with them for that. And they just had, they handled it on their own and everybody came out on the other side and I didn't get caught up in it. And this was probably one of the first times since we've been divorced, you know, since we were married and divorced that I wasn't the one caught up in it, trying to minimize it. They handled it, you know, the young adults took over. So I was really, I'm very happy with them for doing that. And I'm grateful that my illness came, it coincided, like they just kind of like happened at the same time. So I'm really grateful for that. That I didn't get caught up in the blah, blah, blah with them or with him, not even with them. So, you know, but that's fine. You know, it's, everybody's okay. And that's probably the last time that it'll happen because mommy wasn't taking care of it. They handled it the way they wanted to handle it. And now they now know, and he knows that mommy is um, no longer, he knows that mommy's no longer putting out the fires. So he's aware of that now. And, you know, that's a lot. If you've been married for a long time or you've been in a relationship for a long time, and you think about those kind of codependent issues and those, how you dealt with each other and how you dealt with yourself in the marriage, it takes a lot to come out of those things. And, you know, we want to think that it's easy breezy and you get a divorce and you get a divorce and then it's over. That's what you want to think, but it's not, it's, it doesn't work like that. As long as they're kids and the kids are involved and things come up, it's not as simple as we're divorced and you, I have to make sure as a woman that I'm not the anchor for my ex-husband that I don't have to protect him anymore. I don't have to protect the kids from him anymore. I don't have to protect me from him anymore. He literally gets to, I don't know what he gets to do, but that's not my issue. <laughs> so, you know, so it's really weird, but um, you know, and I, I, I've thought about it. I wrote about some, you guys may have read some in my blog and I made a little post about it. And you realize that people deal with their own demons and their own trauma and their own bullshit. And it ain't got nothing to do with you. The shit that happened before you met had nothing to do with you, but you're the one that you recognize it and you tried to fix it and you tried to love it away. And you tried to, you're that person. So you feel some kind of responsibility to it but it's not your responsibility. It's not my responsibility. And this weekend was perfect because I couldn't do it even if I wanted to. And my kids handled it like troopers. I'm very proud of them. And they only went as far as they were gonna go with the, with the arguing, with the bullshit, with the, they only went so far, right? And I'm very, very pleased. But you know, you have to unravel those things. You have to you unravel your life. You literally may, almost made a quilt or 
a quilt together. And then all of a sudden you got to take each, every thread apart in the quilt to try to get back to the original pieces. And that takes time. You don't just rip it apart. You literally have to pull every piece out if you want to not ruin somebody or ruin a piece of somebody. You just kind of, it takes time. And we have to be patient with each other, especially when you get older and you get in other relationships and you literally have to be patient with each other and those things. So Ooh, the illness was at the perfect time. As much as I hated being sick, it came right on time because that showed me that I was, the kids were able to show me that I was no longer that person needed in that and they were ready to handle it on their own. So I was very pleased. So let's see what Varisa said, sorry that happened, but I have to say everything happens for a reason. It was their time. That's right, very proud of them. You're absolutely right, Varisa, me too. Isn't it great that you now know if something happens, they have the skills to handle life? Yes, sir, Clarissa. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. I'm so like I'm so pleased because it didn't I, it didn't take for me to say you do this and you do this. I said nothing. Like I was just like uh, sleeping on and off and hearing bits and pieces and all of this and and they were just taking care of business and I'm so pleased with them. Raising adults. Cheers to the adults. All right, Facebook post of the week are brought to you by STM Specialties. Oh, I was doing better this week keeping them together, y'all. Gonna be proud. <laughs> I was giggling trying to figure it out. Um, okay. Oh, look at me. I just all that bragging, and here I am looking. Okay. This is funny. I can't, I don't even know who posted this, <laughs> but I, I didn't screenshot the name, so I'm just going to read it. First Facebook post of the week brought to you by stmspecialties.com. My advice for women who can't orgasm during sex. Now, I started reading this because you know orgasms are important to me. I talked about them a couple weeks ago. Next time you and your man are having sex and y'all been going strong for 30 minutes with no orgasm, for you at all, tell him that you have to use the bathroom. Take a shower, then go in the kitchen and make you some coffee. While the coffee is brewing, download a dating app, drink it, the coffee, then go back in the room and put your clothes on, get in your car, get on tagged and find a man who is between 26 and 28 in a terrible living situation who smokes weed and probably sells it who works in fast food part-time, but emphasizes that he does enough at that job to justify why he's so tired all the time. Go to his house, sis, your orgasm is there. <laughs> he holds the key. He finna tear your ass up, sis. I can't even explain why the world is how it is, but I promise your orgasm is within that man. The worse his situation is, the better. If he lives on a couch and, his com and is commander of the living room at his grandmama house, he finna put something scary in your life. If he don't even have a fast food job, but he works in a factory for weird shit, like, <laughs> like he the N-word that dies individual Fruit Loops, sis, he's the one. Every time you have a red Fruit Loop, that's me. I'm the red Fruit Loop man. Pick him, sis, he got the key. The best orgasm of your life is in the pants of a man who puts produce stickers on avocados at your local supermarket. You're fucking welcome. 
Oh, I read this and was dying. Like, this is hilarious. <laughs> and so they're like, you better go find you somebody who can put something in your life. Unfortunately, it's got to be somebody that ain't really got no good job or nothing. But I mean, if it's about the orgasm, sometimes that's what you have to do. <laughs> sometimes it's fine. Ooh, that was so funny. So that's my, one of my Facebook posts of the week from STM Specialties. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Okay. This one is uh, from Jamil Durr, L. Bay. She, I think she just celebrated her wedding anniversary. Um, she reposted someone's, you want to break a generational curse? Give your kids the right to tell you when something you're doing is hurting them without being defensive or dismissive. You know, this was so good. And it got a lot of um, responses um, simply because kids, a lot of times kids are brought up to not be able to talk to their parents about things that happen to them because they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to feel like it's their fault. And that's how you hold on to those generational curses. That's how things keep happening over and over because the kids aren't allowed to talk about it. So I love that. And I love the people are being really honest now about things, how, especially when it comes to the children, especially when it comes into making sure that the children are safe. People are getting, people are understanding how important that is because we don't want to get lost. We don't want our kids to get lost in life. We don't want them to be stuck in a horrible situation because they feel obligated to stay in this horrible situation. We want them to be able to say, this is uncomfortable for me, or I don't like this. And then the parents to be able to say, okay, well, let's talk through this without you got to deal with it. So that's a big one. You talk about generational curses, because it's a lot. Oh my gosh, there's a lot going on with that. As a matter of fact, I, did you guys see that video where the man and the woman was beating, they were beating their child. It looks like, it's like the man and the stepmom were beating this little girl like in a garage or something. Oh man, it was horrible. And they recorded it on her Instagram live. I don't know the reason behind that, but now the police are looking for them, um, trying to figure out where they are and to, for the child abuse for child abuse and the it's bad the man she was a little bitty girl too uh, well she was a teenager but she was tiny like skinny they even showed him pick her up and threw her like and then he sat on her chest they were cussing her out and you think he's so fucking bad now and that kind of stuff oh baby when i saw that i was like oh they're going to jail they're going to jail jail like this is and parents think the parents think it's okay to beat the kids. Like parents think that's gonna be the thing that turns the kid around. Beating isn't turning your kid around. Beating is slavery. It's forcing submission. Like you're not teaching anybody anything from beating them. You're just beating them because you lack the skills to deal with them. That's not the kid's fault. That's the parent's fault. And so what is the parent gonna do to put the kid in a better situation? Beat them? It was horrible, horrible. Clarissa said, I couldn't watch it. I saw it in the way she sat there in the beginning. Yeah, Clarissa, she was, her leg was trembling in the beginning. So you, the way she was responding to that, you know it wasn't the first time they beat her. You know that was not the first time that they had come at her like that. And it's sad, like that was, 
that and they're going to jail and he's going to lose custody of his child and he's going to go to jail and the stepmom what the hell like i i listen i know my faceless love have kids i can't even i can't even see myself yelling at my own kids that way like that's completely out of like oh my god like how do you let that how do you let yourself be some become so enraged and anger at a child that means your skills your coping skills are minimal to none if you can lose your shit like that with a child man that is crazy that is crazy i agree with you they do need jail time they need jail time that and that wasn't even one of my facebook posts this week <laughs> but i'm and then that child will come somewhere into another school and bully other kids because she that she's been taught to bully she's been taught if she does these things she can control these people manipulate them and they have those same behaviors at school and the parents don't want to say they got these behaviors at home. We, we taught her that. We taught her to be a bully. They're not going to say that. They're going to fuss at her again about getting in trouble and having a school call and blah, 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 blah. That kind of thing. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And they do need jail time. They absolutely do need jail time. And uh, somebody went and got the child. Some rapper's mom, somebody knows the family, whatever. I don't know. But they went to get the child and got her out of the house. They did show that in the video. And then the other video was on the news. When I saw it again, it was on the news where the news is saying they don't know where they had this child beating her, but they're looking for it. They're looking for the location. And they're going to arrest those parents. They're going to arrest them. And could you imagine if the mom is alive or wherever the mom is, if the mom saw that, the way they were cussing and tossing, shit baby it's gonna be that would be a hard day to have right there hard day to have and they probably convinced somebody that they were the best parents to take care of that child and to talk about generational curses we got beat so we're gonna beat our kids who turn around and beat their kids and turn around to beat their kids and can't figure out why nobody can progress because everybody only responds to a beating horrible 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 if you haven't seen it don't even look at it it is horrible like oh oh my god and the little girl said I, i'm i'm gonna call the police or something like that call the police blah blah like and i was like what this is right like are y'all serious right now like man it was bad it was not good i felt so bad kids are kids are kids and if you teach them how to have a conversation early, you learn, teach them, talk to them, consequences, teach them. And guess what? One day they grow up and they take care of themselves with even the biggest bullies. Teach them and they will grow up to talk to the biggest bully and to take care of themselves. I, hey, I'm a, this is a witness. I've got my own who just turned around and did the same thing because I'm not beating them. I'm not beating them. Did I fuss? Absolutely. Lessons, consequences? Absolutely. But there's no way I'm going to take their power away from them to beat them. That says I'm lacking in so many ways. I was so disappointed in that. So disappointed in that.
And it cannot feel like a great parent. You cannot even feel like a great person thinking, I just beat a child. Like, do you walk around like, oh, I'm the shit. I just beat a child up. I just beat a child. So that makes you feel empowered by that because you beat a child. I didn't like it. Speaking of beating a child, here's my uh, next Facebook post of the week. Oh, sorry about that. I'm just yawning, y'all. No, I've been sick. Don't take it personal. Okay. This one is about a daughter who tagged her dad in a post on Facebook. <laughs> the daughter said, my daddy, a deadbeat. And she tagged his name in it, Travis Jackson. My daddy, a deadbeat. Tagged him on here. So Travis Jackson responded. I got seven of y'all MFs. You the only one pregnant, second baby, still fighting and bullshitting with your so-called friends. I'm not giving you shit when you still fucking up. So no, you're not getting a car to pull up on no effing body, period. You the only child of mine effing up. So get your shit together, Mimi Glocks, and tell your little friends I don't accept kids friend requests period. Now, yay dad for saying, I'm done here. This dad ain't go and beat his child on TV. He responded the way the child responded. You call me a deadbeat. Let me put your business out here. We're going to end this right here. So I thought that was funny that the dad was like, no, ma'am, I'm not giving you a car so you can go fight somebody. You pregnant, you got a baby and you want to go fight. No, 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 no. Come on now. It's time to grow up. We're not doing that. So that was my Facebook post of the um, week. I think I got, I got one more. Well, I'll save that one. I got one more that's funny. It says, how old were you when you found out the why and your man is silent? <laughs> so that means it's not your man. It's our man. <laughs> I thought that was cute. People can be really creative on social media. So I love the Facebook post of the week. I did find all of the ones that I wanted to read tonight. So that means I am getting better with my, um, that's me. I am getting better with the way that I handle my uh, Facebook and stuff. So now I'm pleased with that. So that's me. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, there we go. All right. So those are my Facebook posts of the week. STMSpecialties.com. Go to the website. Great products. Very creative. Um, insulated thermal tumblers. Different sizes. There's also some crochet stuff. She even made me a crochet halter top. I might wear it next week so you guys can see it. It's pretty fabulous. I think the last time I wore it, I was in San Juan. So next week would be pretty cool. I might wear it. So you guys can see it. She crochets stuff shoes, dresses, hats, all of it. So she's awesome, STM Specialties. Okay, now listen, I need YouTube subscribers. I'm gonna tell you why, because I cannot monetize my YouTube unless I have a thousand subscribers. I'm about a quarter of the way there. 
So I have about 250. I need 200 and I mean 750. I need YouTube subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to my YouTube channel, please. I've been trying to get better with putting some promo and marketing stuff out, but that's really not my niche, right? So um, I'm just going to keep trying to get better. I'm going to keep working it out, keep getting to there. And, uh, you know, it's taking me a, some time to get there, but I also had to build my confidence. What does it mean for me to ask YouTube? Thank you, Clarissa, you are. What does it mean for me to ask um, to get subscribers and what do I have? What does it mean for me to do when I get the subscribers? What am I committing to? Am I committing to how often I'm posting stuff, how I'm posting stuff, what kind of stuff? You know, so it's a growth process and, and I'm learning. So if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube, subscribe, please. If you have a thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, thank you very much, Clarissa. I appreciate you. All right. So that's it for that. Let me look. Um, I got made some notes so I can stay on task here tonight. Um, I told I you guys know I got sick probably from the little kids hugging me. I think that was it. And then um there was a video going around with this couple that's been married for like 30 years. It's a uh black woman, and the husband is he's really fair-skinned. So I don't know if he's a black guy, if he's a white guy, but and he may be black guy, but he's fair skinned, got salt and pepper hair, and uh, she's dancing on him. He's standing there, and there's two different, it's her TikTok. She's dancing on him, and she's rubbing him. He's just standing there, barely moving. He doesn't have a lot of rhythm. But she's having a blast, and she's so pretty and vibrant. And I was looking at the videos, and I was thinking, like, this is what love looks like. Like, nothing about looking at this woman says, this woman has spent years in a yucky ass relationship being mistreated. Everything about her says, I'm a happy woman, I'm happy. I'm loved, I'm taken care of, I'm in a good place. And I think that's what we all want. We all want to feel that way. So I'm having a hard time when people try to make you think that being in a relationship or marriage is supposed to be this arduous, gut-wrenching process, right? Like, why do we think that? Like, why do we believe that being in a relationship has to be yuck for it to be a relationship? I don't understand that. And I wish we could change the narrative on that. I wish we could normalize happy relationships. And not that getting to know each other and growing together, not that those times can't be trying, but just staying in abusive relationships, staying in a place that doesn't make you happy, that you can't be free. Why, I don't understand why that seems to be okay. I remember thinking that when my marriage sucked, oh, it's okay because marriages are supposed to suck. It's okay because marriages take a lot of hard work. So, you know, but as long as, but that's not, that's not right. Fuck that. We got to be happy. Like, we're, this is 21st century. We're free. We have choices and options. Why do we feel like we have to stay in yucky situations for the sake of what? How much does that take away from our passion? Like, if I had known that I could be happy, 
if I had known that it was okay for me to be happy, I'm certain I would have left my marriage earlier, you know? So like, how do we know it's okay? And why can't we make that a thing? Like, I just, I don't want to have any more conversations with people and they're trying to figure out how to stay in miserable relationships. I don't, cause I just want to say, leave, go get you some happy girl. Go get you some happy, go enjoy yourself. That's what I want to say. I want to say, get out of that. Let's go have fun. But we stay and we stay and we stay until it beats away for the soul in us. It beats away at us. It tears us apart. And then we have to leave and fix, try to fix ourselves to even have a piece of life. If it isn't happy, people shouldn't stay. This is Clarissa. I was married for 26 years. I left when my grandmother said I could. Oh, thank you, grandmother. Oh my God, right? It's like, oh, let me get the heck out of here. Oh my gosh. And we feel like we have to stay, even if it's miserable. And we feel like, oh, it'll get better. Or, oh, and people stay, my grandparents stay together for this long. And that even like, but it sucks. Like you, if it's not happy, why are you gonna stay in there? And I don't want that. Right. Oh my God. She said our grandmother was married for 62 years and said it was a waste. I don't want that. Like I don't, I just I want to be happy. Like I literally, oh man. I don't regret leaving my marriage at all. Like I don't regret it at all. I haven't regretted it a day since I left. I used to regret that I didn't leave sooner but you can't do anything about that. But even single and dating, I was better off. <laughs> oh my God, because I was free. I didn't, I wasn't obligated to be with somebody. I didn't feel like I had to. So I just was looking at that lady and just looking at her skin and her smile and her dancing and she could dance. Her husband couldn't dance. And he was just sitting there trying, like he's just trying whatever, whatever is gonna have make her happy. And they've probably done that for years. There was nobody growling at the other person. It was just happy. They look happy. They look like they've been happy, not new happy, been happy. And that's what I want. Let's normalize happy relationships. Let's normalize love, not fighting. It's easy when you're dating somebody and you don't like them, leave. That leave breaking up is free when you're single, when you're dating. Breaking up is free when you get married and you got to pay for the divorce, but it's worth it. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> it's worth it. Oh my God, I hope I'm not ripping anybody's house apart. But man, just to be damn happy, like that's so important to me. I want to be happy. I want to laugh. I don't want to argue. And I'm not going to argue. So I'm 51. So I'm not going to argue with you. What are we arguing for? If we arguing for different things, shit, we need to be in different places. What are, what's the argument? If the goal is happy, is we both arguing about how we're gonna get to happy? No, we're not, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Like I'm not, I don't want that in my life. I just don't want it. And I know it sounds cheesy and corny and, but damn, that's what I want. I want to be fucking happy.
I want to change the generational curse. I don't, I remember my mom and dad fighting. I remember my mom and my sister's dad fighting. I, those are things I remember. Guess what I don't want for myself? I don't want any fucking fighting. I've had the fighting that I'm going to have. Anything else is love. I'm having love, love. And that's how I think I got so good at dating because I recognized right off when somebody was trying to get me to stop doing something or to live under their thumb or to limit my movements. And I don't want that shit. So I was like, no, I'm not doing that. All right, I'm cool. Let's go. I'm out of here. So that's a big deal for me. And I, I think that we have to really understand that happiness is important. We got enough bullshit to deal with at work, dealing with different personalities and people at work. And you think when you, you're with somebody because you like them and you think it could be good if they just, well, what if they don't just? How long are you willing to be miserable in it? What if they don't just do what you want them to do? How long does that misery last? Is it worth it? Like, is it worth it to stay in there just to say, I got a man or this is my wife? Like, is that, and it's more probably more women than men because I don't think men don't sit up talking about, oh, I got a wife. You don't see a group of men together saying, oh, I got a wife. My wife is the bomb. They're not, men ain't saying that. It's the women. My husband, my husband, my husband. And so what? So what, if your husband and what? Are you miserable? Okay, are you trying to convince me? Or are you trying to convince you? Like, but I think people should just focus on the fact that we all have a purpose and we all have a path to travel. And we just wanna be happy. I wanna be as happy as I can along my path. I'm gonna deal with um, unwarranted and unnecessary things along my path. Can it not be with the person that I'm loving or the person that's loving me or the person that's going to take me to heaven and bring paradise to me like can I not argue with that person can I not associate something negative with the person that has the power to render me helpless do I not have to argue with that person like oh I don't want to argue with that person I want to look at that person and know that with this person I am free with this person I am okay me he's okay that's what I want to look at my person to see. Like, ah, but I don't want to argue with my person. I don't even want to have to make up later. I just want to be able to look at them and know that paradise lives within them. That's what I want to do. And that is my goal. Hey there, Kim. A lot of women brag on their wife. Well, thank you, Charles, for telling me that. I guess I'm not a lot of, I'm not around a lot of married men, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> But thank you, Charles, for sharing that. Because I know that, I mean, I know I work with men who talk about their wives, but I maybe because I'm around more women, I hear the other side of it, you know? So, but thank you so much for sharing. So I just, I really think that that's important to me. I don't want to be miserable in a relationship. I'm not going to be miserable in a relationship. None of them. Any relationship that I have a choice to be in, I'm not going to be miserable in it. And the ones that I don't have a choice to be in, like with my children and my mom, my dad, those, I'm not going to be miserable in those either. 
I'm going to be like, hey, we got a problem. Let's work out our problem. <laughs> but you want to drag me into a muck? I've been in the muck. I've been in the muck. I just told you guys that. I've been in the muck and I'm 14 years still almost climbing out of the muck, right? So I don't want to do that anymore. All right, I'm going to move on. Uh, so I just, if you guys get to see the video of that couple, and if I find it, I'll post it. But if you see the video, that and they look like they're so much fun, like that would be, that's me. I'm dancing around and laughing and talking and playing. And it could imagine your yourself in your freest moment and somebody not responding positively to that or somebody telling you to stop. Could you turn that down? You're making too much noise. Could you leave me alone? Could you and you're like having the best time and they're like, ugh, like you're doing something wrong. I don't want that in my life. I don't want it and I'm not gonna have it. So, you know, I just, but that, I mean, those kind of things say, because I can, I'm a woman, I'm single, you guys know I'm dating. I can say that. And it also says to me that I could potentially not ever marry again or be single for the rest of my life. That could, and you, guess what? I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay. Cause I'm not looking, searching, settling on, I'm not gonna do that. I'm only, it's, I gotta, it's gotta be real for me. It's gotta be something that's shared completely. So some man, a man told me that I was gonna be the cat lady and I was gonna be in the house and have a bunch of cats. And I said, well, you obviously don't know me well. I might be single, but I bet I won't have a bunch of cats. I'll be the single lady on the beach. I'll be selling seashells or mixing some margaritas in my ninja, but I won't be with a bunch of cats. That's not my personality. I'm not that person to settle into a space because the world belongs to me. And that's the truth. So cheers to that. Cheers to knowing that the world belongs to you and you can do anything you want. All right. So the other thing I wanted to talk about tonight, and it's kind of sometimes women, I think women have more of a problem with it than men. Maybe not, but it's a uh, submission, right? So I just was kind of like, want to talk about it a little bit because when people talk about submission, when men will talk to a woman about submitting, it's almost like they start describing a slave, right? When they talk to you about what they want from you, it sounds like they're describing a slave. Well, women respond to that because it seems like if I submit to him, if I do all the things he tells me to do, I'm giving up some level of independence of who I am. And nobody wants to give up who they are. So I always have to have, try to kind of wrap my head around what submission is and what is meant by that. Now, you guys know I was a, for a little while, probably a year or so, I was an acting dominatrix. So I know what submission is for somebody who comes to you wanting to be a sub. Like, so I know when you have a sub, what submission is. But that's not a relationship of two people who want to be together and not assume these BDSM roles, right? So that, that's different. So if somebody tells me they want to be my sub, now I'm like, oh, okay, well, good for you. I'm not you know, there's plenty of other doms out there. 
you know, it's a lot of Facebook groups. You should go meet some people because I'm not interested in that anymore. That was something I was trying out for a little while and it was fun. You know, I can't knock it. I'm not going to knock it. But as a woman, and I know that I'm more dominant than many men, I know that I am. But that's not a role that I want to be in in a relationship with the man as a woman. I, I want to be the submissive. I want to be able to give myself to my husband. I want to submit to my husband. Now, what that means is my husband has to be able to love me in a place that inspires me to submit to him. A man can't tell me I want you to submit to me because that don't mean shit to me. What that mean? Do something, you do something and let me see how I'm gonna respond. Cause you can't force somebody to submit to you. Force submission would be like beating somebody and fussing at them and making them do what that is a slave, right? You're training somebody, you want them to be your slave. Well, when you're in a healthy relationship, I'm thinking when you're in a healthy relationship with two people who are aware of themselves and who want to take care of each other, submission is inspired because men naturally want to take this woman that they're in love with and they want to be with. They take her and they build a force feel around everything that she is not to stop her from moving but to make sure that she's safe moving he doesn't want her to do less he wants her to do everything that she's going to do as high as she's going to go as low as she's going to go he wants all of that shit to happen for him to be able to get her to give herself to him and to submit to him he has to be capable of that as high as low he has to be able to do it what men tend to do they take this woman who is this awesome force and they're not capable of her and they want her to reduce herself to sit in a space that he can manage that's not how women work that's not how women that's not how people work so when a man is capable of loving you when he's capable of himself and he's capable of loving you, you in turn want to allow yourself to be of service to him. You want to be made use of and it's pleasure in that. And we look for ways to love him. What can I do to please you? Because most of the time these men have figured out how to just like an independent woman, it's an independent man, he can take care of himself. Like you can take care of yourself, but he can also wrap you, put this thing around you so that you know your movements are safe. Now, when somebody can offer you that luxury without fighting you over money, what you're doing, if he can offer you this, and it's not that he has to have a lot of money, he just has to know how to manage himself and to be able to give enough have enough bandwidth for you he's got to have enough bandwidth for you it's fine it's fine but when that happens you want to take care of you want to find anything that you can do to take care of him they 
And men, a lot of times people don't know what they're missing. Men don't want you to stop doing you. They don't want you to stop living their life. They're going to watch you live your life, how you do you. And they're going to say, okay, I'm going to put this right here because that's going to make her life go smoother. I'm going to put this right here. That's going to make her life go smoother. He don't want to rescue you from some bullshit that you got caught up in because of some, he don't want to come along and save you. He don't want that. That puts him in a father role. Just like a woman doesn't want to go along and save a man. It puts her in a mother role. Nobody wants to be in those maternal and paternal roles in the relationships. People want to be in a relationship with somebody that they can love and somebody that they can take care of. So many men are too prideful to protect and nurture. I no longer shrink, so a man must be mighty. Absolutely, Carissa. That is perfect. That is perfect. Yep. And if the problem is finding the quality of a man who proves worthy of following. And, and you know the funny thing, because that would be for me, because I know how much stuff I like to do. And I already know, I know from dating, when I was dating, men would, men would be like, oh my God, you're so much fun. And the next thing you know, they want you to stop doing some of the stuff you did when you were so much fun. That's not your man. That's not your man, right? That's somebody who wants the goodness from you and they want you to shrink it down so they, they can still feel aware of you. Men, men who are capable of you don't ask you to stop. Let me tell you, we had a conversation, Faceless Love, about him paying. Um, I asked him if he was ready to um, take over my bills. He was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I was like, you will? He was like, yeah. He said, all right. I, he said, okay, so you got to, um, let me get your, you're going to deposit your check. And we're talking about that. And he said, you got to give me your credit cards. And I was like, I don't get it. He said, well, we're not paying bills for you to keep spending it. Like we got stuff to do. So if I'm managing it, you have to trust that I'm managing it. You know, that kind of thing. And I was like, well, that does make sense. <laughs> but for me to say that already, I was teasing. But for him to already be thinking like, he's already thinking, how am I gonna manage, how am I gonna manage her? Not I can't have or just go do whatever, because he's gotta make he has to know in here that he has everything to be able to manage us as a whole if it comes to that, if and when it comes to that, right? So and I have to, I trust that. Like, I trust that he can take care of me. I trust that. But now we're both still single. I step, take care of myself. I take care of myself. He's capable of taking care of both of us, but that's not a responsibility I'm putting on him. I don't want to be saved. I'm not looking for him to save me. I'm not. And that is good for us in our relationship because he has to know that this woman is capable of so much. So as much as I'm capable of is as much as he's gotta be, that much more that he has to be capable of. If I can figure out how to do the things that I want to do, he's gotta be able to think as my man, what he has to do to whoop, make sure that I'm safe. That's it. He only wants to know when I, when I went to Italy, the thing was, 
can he it doesn't mean don't go to Italy. It just means I just need to know where you are. So if I have to come get you, I can come get you. He's not telling me not, you can't go to Italy for a month. You can't this, you can't this. He's trying to figure out what does it mean for him? What adjustments does he make to make sure that I'm okay wherever I am? I had never experienced that type of awareness from a man before. The men that I had known were the men that were looking for me to, if I get a flat tire, call him. If you get a flat tire, you gonna call me and you gonna, I'm like, but I know as a woman, what the fuck am I gonna call you for? I'm gonna call AAA. I'm gonna call roadside assistance. Oh, you one of those women. I'm a woman who takes care of myself. So I had to explain to a guy before, okay, look, if you want to take care of my tires and you wanna take care of my car, you don't wait till something happens and I come to you and ask, you set it up on a maintenance schedule that these things are taken care of. You set that up. Now I deal with it as I go, but if you want something different to happen, then you do it. And that's the beautiful part about men, grown up ass men who are ready to be capable of a woman that is for them. They are ready for them. They are ready for them, not we gonna go on vacation and we gotta split it 50-50 and you pay half the bills and you pay. Men don't want that. Man, a man doing that shit would be thinking he living with his roommate. He got a roommate. Think of it. You living in the house with somebody and y'all paying 50-50 on everything. To me, that sounds like a roommate. That means I move the way I wanna move. I do what I wanna do. I'm not conferring, not even asking permission. I'm not conferring when it's time to move. I'm moving the way I want to move because I'm. we're working independently together for a common goal. So I hate those arguments, it, but I know that people are trying to understand what it means in these relationships and what to do because everybody's been fucked over and people are tired of being fucked over. So we're going to normalize what that looks like. And we want to, women want to submit. We want to take care of our men. We want to please them. We want to make them happy. Oh, think of ways. What can I do to please him? What can I do to love him? How can I? And all of those thoughts come when he is loving you. Those thoughts come and nobody has to tell you to submit. On star, you're right. I'll call OnStar. Nobody has to tell you, you need to, I'm your husband, you need to submit to me. <laughs> that should sound crazy. <laughs> it is, submission is inspired and it's a beautiful thing. It is so beautiful and so loving and kind and generous. And just like he wants to take care of you, you want to take care of him. And, you want to take care of him and he wants to take care of you and you recognize the beauty in each other and the gifts in each other and how being together makes you whole and loving and just kind to each other. You want to, you think you want to give somebody a foot massage that might kick you with the same damn foot just because they like you to massage their feet? Fuck no, no. You don't get to treat me poorly and then want me to submit. You don't, you don't get to demand submission. Go hire somebody for that. There are people who like to be in those roles in BDSM. 
but you don't get to force it from me. I, I want, I want to take care of my husband. I want to pleasure him. I want to be for his pleasure. I want him to make use of me. I want to be available to him. All of those things are good things, but you can't force me to do those things because what? No, because I can leave. <laughs> That's the problem with getting a divorce one time. You know you can get a divorce two times. <laughs> jaded, jaded, jaded. But we have to really think about that submission and submission is a gift submission is a gift and it is because you want to give that to you you want to give that to your partner and your partner your husband your wife wants to and i think the intention begins that way it, it begins of this is what we want to do and then you go off course because other things get in the way and you recognize that this is easy to have well, it is easy to have, but it's also good to have. And you can't force it. So if you're in a relationship and it's not loving and it's not kind and you're not growing in it and you always have to grow and men encourage growth and men continue to grow. They learn everything. They learn everything. So I was <laughs> talking to uh, Faceless Love today and he was telling me, we were talking about the housing market and he said, I'm sorry that you're, he said, I'm, he said, I'm sorry that you're married to someone that talks about derivatives and housing markets and something. He just was going on all this mathematical stuff. And I started laughing and he said, I know it's crazy. I'm sorry. I said, you lost me. No, I said, you had me at, you're married to someone. I said, I don't even know what you said after that other than derivatives, right? You know, so, you know, it's just kind of funny because he talks and I listen and I talk and he listens. And it's an ebb and flow of understanding of information. And sometimes he may not wanna hear what I'm talking about. And I'll ask him, do you feel like some random conversation right now? And sometimes he's like, no, maybe in a little bit. Okay, I can respect that, right? So it's just recognizing and respecting there's another person. So. When I have a conversation with people, with men, with women, and the topic of submission comes up, I get excited like, oh, yes, yes, you want to submit. That's good. And the men think it's a good thing until they hear they have to do something for it to happen. You being a male of the male form doesn't give you that you literally have to nurture and understand me as a woman you have to inspire that for me and women don't understand because they automatically think they're now becoming somebody's slave when you come when you think about it but it's really a very good place to be it's a very dynamic understanding of a relationship so Anyway, it's uh, Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. Don't forget to uh, follow my, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Joy Exposed can be downloaded from everywhere the podcasts are available. And I was listening to it on Pandora. I always love that because I love Pandora. Pandora, I heart radio. <laughs> Excuse me, hear my nasty cough. Pandora, I heart radio, Google Play, Spotify. Oh my gosh, iTunes, it's everywhere. So 
SoundCloud. So it's everywhere and downloaded and listen. Thank you very much. And um, Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. You have an awesome night. I'll see you guys next week. Mwah. Bye.